you're about to go off the grid with Tony on the Dr. Brace's Network. Stay tuned. Hey, what up, party people? It's your boy Tony coming back to you with another Off the Grid podcast coming to you on a good, nice, sunny, lovely Monday for me here in the city of Horn Lake. Right a drop on the doorsteps of Memphis, Tennessee. But, you know, we're sitting ready to do this thing, man. I hope y'all enjoying yourself. If you're listening to this, you can find this podcast on most podcast readers. That includes Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and now, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on iHeartRadio. So, if you have any of those methods to listen to podcasts, you can definitely find us there. A lot of other podcast readers have us just by searching the Dr. Abrasive Network. You get yourself in and you can listen to our show and we appreciate you for coming through and doing that. Now, once you get into the listening mode, you can definitely share the link of the show, share the page on your network with those people who are out there. Shout us out, let people know what you're listening to and get on into that thing. Um, and then you can come through, check us out, leave us some feedback, comment on the show pages. Um, you leave comments in the section there about the episodes. You can leave feedback, feedback at, well, not feedback yet. Sorry, that's the Dr. Ray show. But for this show, you want to leave feedback. It's off the grid, O F F D A grid at drbracer.com. You will leave the email there. It'll come straight to me. We can talk about it on the show. Voicemail line 601. 601- Eight eight four zero one two five, and then the other thing you can do is you can go to um, if you're on Apple Podcasts or you Stitch Radio, you can go leave comments there and let us know. And if you left a comment and then you say, "Hey, you have talked about my comment," um, just just shoot me a message and I'll look that thing up and I will definitely read that on this, this show. Oh, um, let's see, got that. Oh, this is the voicemail line six zero voicemail line six zero one eight eight four zero one two five. That's six zero one eight eight four zero one two five. Um, that is how you can um, catch up with us there. No, so um, I think I covered just about everything that there is to cover as far as the setup for the show. And the only thing I have to do, man, to let y'all know, we're gonna take this quick little break. And I'm going to come back and discuss some TV, some entertainment, some what I've been watching. And then we're going to just roll on through this show, y'all. So I appreciate y'all for listening. I'll be right back. This season on Beyond the Paul, the only one thing or maybe two things that I would say that you should take with you from the life of being an exotic dancer is your hustle and your heart. Every one of us has some underlying issues. This is for my dad passing away. This is for cancer. My struggle. I actually was diagnosed with melanoma. I have stage two skin cancer. Does your son know you dance? Uh, he sees me count my money. He sees my big old shoes. You know, I don't want to hide it. I think I got a solution to your problem, though. I've made millions of dollars in coach. Over 12 people to name that I'm not about to debate for nobody. I'm about to get my bag, for real. Y'all take this mic off of me. I'm like, finna go. And from there, it just... I hate you not being to go to a strip club and get no coins. Oh my God. I don't need to be rescued, and I definitely don't need her to rescue me. In or out, baby. It's your choice. All right, everybody. I'm back. Let's get to this entertainment talk here. Talk about some TV. Now, before I get into it, the little preview that you just heard a second ago was for Beyond the Pole. Now, I want to tell y'all, unless you have the Urban Movie Channel, 
um, it will be starting on WeTV this Thursday. Um, so WeTV is going to play the season that apparently is going to play the season that played back in January on Urban Movie Channel. So if you have an Urban Movie Channel, you have the entire season there. And um, it's going to be a pretty good if you like if you like reality TV, you know it's gonna be pretty good. Um, it's gonna be worth watching. Um, it's beyond the pole. Just just think, it's reality show. It's strippers. There you go. That is pretty much the gist of it. And um, they're basing it in Atlanta, so there you go with that. Um, the wild thing about it though, they did the little after interview segment with the uh, producers of the show, and then one of the producers was is you know working on making this whole show like a redemption story. So basically, give the you know give it some payoff at the end. Now, if you watch reality TV shows, especially trash reality TV shows, you know there's very very rarely in the redemption, even though they try to make it seem that way. But if you're gonna come back for the next season, it ain't gonna be no redemption because you gotta do the same fucked up shit you did first season for the second season with pretty much the same cast. There's that. Uh, but if you don't, if you didn't catch it in their preview, there was a quote that goes, I'm a coach. I love the law with all my heart, but I will kick a motherfucker's ass <laughs> and pray for forgiveness. <laughs> oh, so, you know, that's going to be right up my alley. I've already watched the first episode. I didn't talk. I'm not going to talk about it on this show because um, of the fact that it's going to be on TV and I don't want to, I mean, everybody may not have every movie channel. So maybe some people are just going to wait. So I'm not going to do that. I, I think they have some episodes on YouTube, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to say to go do that. Cause it may be there, may not be there. I'm not going to uh, speculate on that, but there you go with that. But let's get into it. First up from Tuesday nights, we have um, ambitions on own is the show about basically four families. It's really four families that are the main storyline of this show. Um, I'm really going to talk about three because one is kind of involved in two storylines. And um, actually it's involved in all three of these family storylines, actually, the, the fourth family. But um, so we're going to pick up. Last time I talked about thing, it was after the first episode. So, you know, it's kind of like this is what I've been watching. But we had four more episodes since then. And... So let's get into it. The I would say the main family they try to put out there, but they're not the main family in the story. The Hughes and that's um that's Amara and um and Titus. And not really so much of their family, but they are a couple, um, a husband and wife. They're both attorneys. Um, Titus is working for the Pure Force, who is a pharmaceutical company, um, who's basically going through this legal issue against um one of the other families and he's representing them and um he's basically a legal counsel there and amara works for the u.s attorney's office and she's pursuing something that has has something to do with the mayor and she, like some shady practices so that's her that's what she is but with them going those two routes and you know they just moved to atlanta from birmingham um that we found out they moved from birmingham um they went to college again. Now, I don't know where they went to college at. I want to say they went to college up north. And they came down south. They moved to Birmingham. But uh, they come back. They come to Birmingham. And I want to say in Birmingham, they got involved. Or Amar had an affair with this guy named Damien. So, 
Damien was one of her partners that she worked with in Birmingham, and um, it almost cost them their marriage. <laughs> so now uh, Stephanie Carlisle and Carlisle Lancaster, my bad, but they call just called Carlisle, who was played by Robin Gibbons, has brought this dude over, has you know blackmailed this dude into coming to Atlanta and working in the U.S. Attorney's Office. So the U.S. Attorney has hired him, you know, he put in for a transfer or whatever, however he got there. And he's basically doing some work for her on the back end. Um, so they trying to work through this, you know, because she went and told Titus, Amara told Titus that Titus, that Damien was here and Titus liked to flip the fuck out. Was like, you need to quit your job. <laughs> like, this nigga did the, the, you need to quit your job and they need to fire him and all this other stuff. Like, shit, just unreal shit that you would do. But because you don't trust your woman to not fuck this nigga or some shit, I don't know. I guess she think that dude is gonna like because at this point in time, if she tell you she's not gonna fuck the dude, then the only way that she can end up sleeping with the dude is the dude rape her or some shit. Like the fuck wrong with you, Titus? But he was wilding out about that shit. So they trying to get back together, and I think we picked him in the last episode. You know, they kind of get all level devil with each other. But Titus still he still spe- uh, uh, skeptical of what's going on. Now, here's the thing. Damien has set up cameras in the house. I don't know when. I mean, I went back and tried to slide through the episodes of when he got in there, but it kind of like some little... I don't know. He got in the house and set the cameras up. Hey, man. Titus Titus getting that Amara porn up in that motherfucker, man. He in there spying on them, and he got a camera right in their bedroom, pointing right dead at their motherfucking bed. And right before uh, this first episode start, they were getting it on with that camera pointed directly at them. And we've seen the camera angle. We show, they show him watching them on camera. So it's looking dead at the fucking bed. So that damn Damien, man. Um, for somebody who didn't want to do this because, you know, his morals and shit, he, he seemed to, to hit a little character swing real quick and double down on this shit. And like, he could have easily got himself out. Now, I don't, I can't remember what Stephanie put, held over his head. She had some kind of leverage she held over his head to make him do it. Well, speaking of Stephanie, we got the Carlisle. So, uh, Stephanie on the back end is working against the Pure Force, who, like I said, are the pharmaceutical company. But on the front end, well, also not on the front end, also on the back end, she's working with the damn land developer to do the, the shady bar owner. And, um, yeah, man, so she went in there to, like, do this little backroom deal with him and smash them cakes. She, she smashed this nigga. I can't remember the first time it was at his office or in her house, but she smashed this nigga before, and then she can't show up at his office to, to say she wasn't gonna talk about it. And I put it on my Snapchat the other day. The whole scene was fucking stupid. So she got to leave, and he like barricades her in the damn office, and she's like, "Oh, you want some candy?" <laughs> the shit was weird, man. I was like. I don't know how I feel about this man of a man pressuring himself on Robin Gibbons, knowing her personal history. Just, whew, that was a lot. That was a lot of that was a lot to take in right there, man. I mean, it's Robin Gibbons, but at the same time, man, you look at the scene like, damn, man, did she want to do this? Did she know this scene was gonna be in here? Like the fuck? And they try to make it seem like she was in control and shit, but still, the whole scene was kind of sketchy. Um, but their daughter, so Stephanie's mar- married to the mayor. Her the daughter is um having this affair. Well, not an affair. She having this fling, this little this little romantic love fling with the pure for daughter, uh, Lori. 
And at first, you know, first few episodes, I mean, what did, did she lick her face? I think she licked her face or some shit in the first episode. Lori Lick caught his face. I don't hear me what it was, but they've been messing around for a while, you know, so they've been smashing cakes and shit for a while. And, um, and Stephanie walked in on them in the bathroom and of course she lost her shit because she don't trust that fucking shady ass period four family. And, um, she smacked goddamn Lori and shit in front of her mama. Somebody poisoned Stephanie. She passed the fuck out. Goddamn, uh, Evan woke up at the beginning of this last episode this is, like I said, it's a bunch of motherfucking bullshit. Um, but Carly, man, still want she still you know she still smitten over this girl, so she moved out, man. She moved in with with her grandparent, man. She moved in with the rest of with the Lancasters. Um, the Lancaster, well, oh wait, the Carlisles have this beef with the Pure Force. Mentioning this, the, they had to beef with the Pure Force because the Pure Force again, um, Brian Bosworth and his family selling the pharmaceuticals. Uh, selling this this opioid, they kill one of the Carlisle's daughters. So that's their whole thing. But the the big family in the show for me is the Lancasters, and the Lancasters are, for what it's worth, a nice family. You got the dad senior who you know he lost his wife, but he out here trying to live his life in the streets. So he got the you know he got the, he run they running their whole restaurant that the mom left. He he laying down and um he he's slutting off. With this other older lady, he taking money out of the registers to play on uh, fucking Powerball and shit, uh, and he ain't taking medication, so he having strokes. He's stroking out in the middle of sex and shit. And then um, you got Rundell, who's the daughter, who is that? Who is the the the? I guess she, you want to call her activist. I don't know what to call her, but she finally gets the shady bar on too, cause he's trying to you know buy her land up. So you got her. So you got those two. They real nice and whatever. And Rundell is making real nice with Amara. Because Amara doing her investigation. But Amara's investigation is again. The Lancaster brother Evan. So you know Rundell is kind of like. I ain't finna help you take my brother down. But then again the dude who was Evan's rival. The councilman comes through. Started rubbing Rundell's feet. And now she all smitten again. You know everybody gets smitten over some little stuff. So let's see. Carly got smitten over a girl licking her face. And now Rundell smitten over. You know a man coming to rubbing her feet. I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean. You know, Stephanie smitten over, smashing down the shady bar, dude. I, I don't know. But the man, I think the most troublesome dude, though, had to be Mel Lancaster. Uh, Evan Lancaster played by Bryant White. If y'all remember him, he from, uh, if you've seen uh, Stump Yard, he was the the light-skinned frat brother in the frat with uh, Plum Short. Yeah, that dude. But <laughs> he's so shady, man. He just, he just looks so, even in that. Even in fucking Stump the Yard, if you'd have switched him with the other dude that was in the rival frat, it would have worked better. Because even the dude in the rival frat, even though he came off of being the fairest, if Brian White would have been in the rival frat, that shit would have worked. This dude always plays some shady characters, man. So, the mayor got a, got a motherfucking love child with Bella True. Now, Bella True is a fashion designer. Who does the fashion design for the fucking for his wife? Like he's a white his wife favorite designer. And he smashed he done smashed the woman and got a kid. Not just a kid kid. A walking, talking, color book coloring kid. Like <laughs> it'd be different if it was just a little baby. But no, this is a kid kid. And he got that kid walking around, man. <laughs> so uh 
that's <laughs> so. And then Bella True is messing around with this former. Um, I I forget you say a Falcons, but he's a former Atlanta football player. He's pretty famous in town. He got his own TV show, so he you know he feels some type of way because uh, he found out that the mayor was in the room. Was in the in the apartment when he came through and laid down with Bella, and the male was in the back, you know, hiding, and he saw him leaving the house, man. But then he come find out that the whole apartment that Bella was living in, the male was paying for. Now, now here's the thing: the male's paying for Bella's house. The football player's coming through, you know, clapping the cheeks. The male feels some type of way. Now, granted, he ain't got no demeanor of this woman, but he done housed up. At the same time. <laughs> so, and she got his kid. <laughs> so, that's the other thing. You know, so, the football player, rather than, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the football player. He goes out on TV and tries to put the mayor on blast over some, I forgot what the hell he said about, oh, no, he said the mayor was looking at one, he, caught, he was caught on camera looking at one of the aides or some shit. And I like, dog, if you're going to go on TV and put the mayor on blast, you know the mayor got a kid by Bella and you knew he was paying for an apartment and you knew that he was smack, he was clapping Bella's cheeks. Nigga, you got the nukes right there. Why don't you drop them bitches? But you're going to talk about, oh, on video, we caught him looking at such and such. I mean, you trying to take this man down. So, that happened. Course, man, Mel Lancaster being a fucking goon came through with his dogs. Man, they rough old buddy up, they beat him up in the parking garage <laughs> after he got in trouble. I think he got suspended some shit from his damn network. We got beat up because you know, the mayor pulled strings, got the man beat up, got the man suspended and shit. And uh, he recorded the whole fucking beating on his watch. Apparently, he has a watch with a camera. Okay. But he recorded all, uh, and he said he was going to leak the shit. And so they're trying to blackmail the mayor. And I figured out what he's trying to do. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the problem. Here's the problem with the whole, this whole thing. And this is where it all comes comes to play. First off, Amara is investigating all this shit. And the mayor is trying to get this concession stand at the airport for somebody. So... He's trying to get this concession stand coming up at the airport that's going to be a big to-do, a big footprint at the airport that somebody wants. Well, Bella True wants it for her store. Oh, Lord. She wants it for her store. That poor baby like, oh, it'll take me there if I can get a store in the airport. Now, I know this is Atlanta Airport. You get Atlanta Airport. That, that's, that's a big thing because a lot of shit comes with Atlanta Airport. Uh, so I can understand that part. Well, at the same time, the whole dude that uh, the whole dude that that Stephanie's smashing down is she promising him the fucking thing? She like, hey, I can make it happen because I can make the mayor do whatever the fuck I want to do. Like that nigga got the title, but I got the stroke, and she caught the stroke at the same time. Oh yeah, so that that's what we got caught up with with them there, and um, we're gonna pick up and find out what's gonna go on with the triangle. Between the mayor and uh, Bella, at the end of this episode, I think he, oh, he kicked motherfucking the dude out. I keep Roderick. He kicked him out, bro. And now, mind you, Roderick, Roderick was summoned, was brought in by the U.S. Attorney's Office to 
you know, speak on what he knew about the mayor. He decided not to talk. So then he decided to go blackmail, you know, double down his blackmail with the mayor, and the mayor fucking, <laughs> fucking pulled his punk card, dog. And next thing you know, boom, now he fucked up. Now he fucked up. And the mayor still rolling with his goons, and he's celebrating, and Bella looking all crazy. There you go. That was, that's ambitions, four episodes in a nutshell. Season wrap-up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This season was very, very, very good in the fact that we started the season out with half the team in space, half the team um, on Earth. Uh, we did realize that Agents was in the same timeline as everything else in MCU, meaning it they picked up five years later um, since the last time we seen them, and now they're back. Now, I don't know how far after the events of... Um, in game they are, but you know here we are. So now they're working through this Isaiah situation. Excuse me. They work through the Isaiah situation. Isaiah alien came through this planet, We've been going around destroying shit left and right. Uh, her and Sarge, who Sarge is, in, is this uh, alien being, isn't coasting about it. I don't even think they said what the alien was. Um, Deke. Uh, running a, com- a company that was using all of the, the prototypes or all the research that S.H.I.E.L.D. was working on and he's basically taking it all profit enough of it to run his company. He brought all his people into the lighthouse. They did all their work there and on the backside, the Chronicons are taking over Earth. Now, or we're not trying to take over, not take over Earth. They are coming to take over Earth and we get to this point, man, where the Chronicons and Start destroying shit, and after we fuck over, get fuck over, um, Isaiah's and Sarge situation, where Isaiah actually did get the goddamn um monolith made, and was about to open that damn portal, Mae came out that some bitch, and fucked her up, cause Mae is a badass. She put Mae in a fucking dimension where she's immortal, <laughs> and um, yeah, she start fucking shit up. And, you know, May fucked up, goddamn, fucked up Isaiah, and just like they suspected that it killed all her strike, which she had infested all these people, and, um, Yo-Yo still survived, but May was in a situation, and they had to come, and they said they saved May's life, um, and then decided to go through and set up the, uh, the Zephyr to go make a jump, and it jumped into the past, y'all, because they were saying that they didn't explicitly say they jumped into the past, but when they came into New York City and they said they saw the skyline, they saw the Empire State Building and that it was the tallest building on the skyline. Well, oh, and they were building the Empire State Building too. That was the other thing too. They were building the Empire State Building. It wasn't completed. It was being built because they had the little construction around it. And that kind of let you know they jump back into the past um so that's what we're gonna be picking up in next season that we're gonna pick up in next season oh and and Coulson is a life model de- life mo- life model decoy yeah they gave him all the memories of everything that happened um and all of Coulson's old memories they put it all in there and so we're gonna have a, a you know we're gonna have Phil Coulson back next season it's a LMD so there you go I'm waiting to see what kind of fuckery that's going to lead to. Hey, Phil Coulson has been through some shit, y'all. I mean, taking Clark Gregg off the show, it can't happen. But to run him in different, 
um, scenarios, it, it works. So if you think about it, like, Clark Gregg carry I mean, Phil Coulson was killed on Avengers, the movie, in 2012. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started in 2013. So we brought him back, and we brought him back to life. So he's been less than himself since then. Which, well, no, it works for me. It works for me. I have no problem with this. I like the I like the way they keep telling stories, and they don't really have to tie in anything Marvel related. Just mention it, you know. They casually are tied to the MCU. They don't have to bring in anything. I mean, they're Shield. That's it. That's all they really got to do. Now they're going back in the time. I think because I is it. I talk about movies all the time, and some of these movies. And I think here's the problem with... That's not a problem. Here's the thing with other franchises. X-Men, DC, The Fantastic Four. All of them, they build their movies to be standalone projects. And then if there is a sequel, there's a sequel. That's fine. And I think the part that people like really gloss over with Marvel is... Even if you don't like something about something that happened with Marvel... It's not because they just they half-assed it is because they took the time to make sure that it's interconnected in a larger scheme of universe. So you might hear something in a movie or see something in a movie that seems like a throwaway to you, but it ends up being something connected to something else. And they don't do it like blatantly either. Like they'll mention something. For example, when at the end of, um, at the end of Cloak and Dagger, they were getting on the bus and, you know, they were saying, and they said something about, um, we heard that a lot of, a lot of kids have been kidnapped there. Well, me and anybody that watched that in the Runaways knew that, man, are they headed to LA? Cause that sounds like the Runaways. Cause we already knew what was going on in Runaways. Now, if you don't watch Runaways, you don't know that. But then when they made the announcement this week that they're about to do crossover episode, yeah, Fucking yeah, we knew that. We we knew it, but we we already already hinted it. So that's where we are. And the Runaways will be back in October, I believe. So and then Ages will be back next year. By the time Ages come back, oh fuck! Oh no 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 no. Okay, so Ages is going back in time. The next Marvel movie is Black Widow. If Black Widow is going to do a, basically a backstory to the character, them being back in time works. Or them being able to jump through time works. And them being able to jump through time makes it very easy that they can pluck Black Widow out of the past. And bring her into the current, into the future. Holy shit. This is that coming. That's fucking crazy. That's motherfucking crazy. Not saying they're going to show it on screen, but just uh, the possibility that's what can happen. That's fucking crazy. Okay, well, let's move on. Uh, another show that's going on right now. Fucking Snowfall on FX. This is season three. Man, this shit is going good, man. Franklin and the crew going down. So mm, let's see. Let's start out with the with the with the main crew there. We got we got the amazing crew. So we got Gustavo, and um, you know his he on his quest 
to find um oh, what's her name? Damn it. The name started L, I can't think. But he on the quiz final girl from last season. And cause she left him and so now he's met her mom and Teddy's trying to set up a situation where they can run the drugs through her mom's property, her mom's farm, because it's pretty much on the border. And they can get it in, get across there into um, California um, without having planes because Teddy's brother's fucked up. Um, of course, the mom is what? I think she set up to charge him 70% for like the, the initial thing, uh, the initial term, and then they're going to split it 50-50 after that. So... There's that, but we played, we walked into this last episode with uh, a girl from the DEA in the goddamn warehouse. Well, that's how they ended last episode. A girl from the DEA was in the damn goddamn warehouse telling uh, Gustavo and Ogre mom that she was the new partner and this is the way it's gonna be. And goddamn Gustavo shot this mug in the back of her motherfucking head. And told Teddy, like, yeah, you can't trust her. Like, I'm here to tell you I did you a favor because you can't trust her. Which, the crazy part about it is, even though Teddy all pissed off and shit, Gustavo was right. You couldn't trust her because what she was gonna, what she was about to do is, she's about to blow up the fucking spot and tell them, um, and tell her ODA partners what the fuck was going on. So, she was ready to kind of like do a double turn on Teddy and tell the DA partners how to catch everybody, catch the Mexican crew. Man, now Teddy trying to cover that shit up. That shit is fucking crazy. That shit is wild. Um, Teddy, on, this, on the other hand, is working with his, his ex-wife, you know, because she really, her thing is, they about to get caught up with what they doing. So she's basically trying to help Teddy cover it up so she don't get caught up in on the shit because her name is in on the shit. And so they done went down to Costa Rica to get an airstrip so they can um, get the, get, you know, land some planes because, you know, they've been compromised. And they can, you know, do the handoff of the weapons. Because what? They play, they use the, the cocaine. The cocaine gives them the money. The money helps them buy the weapons. And the weapons is going to help the, you know, the countries fight off, you know, whatever. So, that's how they're basically doing it. They're getting the cocaine, bringing it in to the country to make, so they can make the money. And then they can get the weapons and trade the weapons off. I think that's pretty much how they're doing it. I don't know. They're trying to help Nicaragua, free Nicaragua, which is crazy because we already know how that turns out. Um... The police are in a situation now where they ready to, you know, put a clamp down on Franklin because Andre, living in the neighborhood, see how, you know, see how the crack is affecting everybody. You know, just trying to, he is, I don't want to try to make it sound like he doing good. He is making shit personal because, you know, he trying to, he tried to tell Franklin to stop, you know, this is what it's doing to the community. And Franklin looking at his money like, man, people, the streets want this shit. I'm giving them this shit and I'm going to get rich off this shit. Fuck you. And at the same time, he also messing around with goddamn Andre's daughter, uh, Melody. And, you know, Melody working at the fucking skating rink and shit. And Franklin going through and trying to rekindle his old flame with her. Oh, that shit 
it's fucked up because while Franklin was out, the police pulled a raid. They rushed all Franklin's fucking spots. They rushed their house. They smashed, snatched up Jerome. They snatched up his Aunt Louis. They beat the fuck out of Jerome. You know, and, uh, dog, that shit was fucking crazy the way they fucked Jerome up. And then they tried to shuffle this nigga through the system where, you know, Franklin lawyers couldn't find him. Now, they ended up getting everybody out pretty quick because, again, police didn't have shit. I mean, they, they, you know, they got the fucking trap house. I mean, the cookhouse. So they had those drugs. They got those niggas out. And, you know, oh, and be, and Frank, because Frank was like, because, you know, the miners that they had were miners. They couldn't charge them with anything. And this nigga was just like, hey, man, we might want to use that as a business model. Keep us out of trouble because they can't charge our minors versus what they can charge these adults. And, um, yeah, man, Leon is very fucking happy to fuck niggas up, um, which he was about, which, you know, he been ready to do this shit. And, uh, dog, they told this dude he was fucking up in the cookhouse. They beat his ass and Leon put a slug in this nigga in front of everybody. Made an example out of this dude. Hey, I don't know what to say about that shit, but the game is the game, man. Matter of fact, the name of the last episode was the game that moves as you play. Um, let's see. We didn't have any, I don't think we had any, um, Javi in the last episode. I know Javi tried to set Franklin up to rob his ass, but Franklin played, you know, played the long game with him. No, I think that's it, man. No, but Andre is ready to fuck them up. And he pretty much told Melody as much while they was in the shooting range. was like, if he got to kill a nigga, he going to kill a nigga. Because, you know, he's not to be fucked with. Melody tried to warn Franklin. And Franklin told you know told her that, like, look, you got to get on. Because uh, Louis was ready to put them hands to Melody out there. So there's that. We're going to see we're going to move with, uh, with the rest of these joints, man. We got Wednesday night. We're going to get another episode. So that is all the TV agents, ambitions, snowfall. That's how I got down this week watching some TV. Um, I'm catching, I'm finally on this season of Queen Sugar. I'm a couple episodes in. I think I'm about one or two episodes into this season. So I'll get down on that. Um, Legion is tonight. I'll catch up on that. I think we're getting to the end of the end of the series with Legion, so I might just wait till next week to talk about Legion. After the, I mean, Beyond the Pole is coming. Um, Fears on hiatus. You four wrapped up. Sun last night. I didn't even know we're close to catching that, so I might just watch all that at one one time. Um, and we get to the last the last few episodes of. Um, the summer, the summer series. So, you know, we'll catch a little downtime. Give me a little time to catch up before the fall series kick, pick back up in September, October. And um, oh, god damn it! This one just came, came and went, came to my head and went that I was about to about to speak on a second ago. Fuck. Oh well, I hadn't caught up on pose, but. Pose has been pretty good. I just realized I'm about a month behind on that motherfucker. I thought I was, 
I thought it was like an episode or something behind him, like a month on that bitch. Maybe it's because I'm close on Snowfall now, wasn't it? Yeah. That's that. And yeah, man, that, that's that's, t- that's entertainment, man. Y'all go out and check all those movies wise, man. I don't know what movies they are checking out. I know how Shaw just dropped. I saw people feeling some type of way about that. Um, I don't even know what's coming out this weekend because I don't really keep up with them like that. I could probably go check it out, but there you go. I mean, today's Monday, so you got a little time to catch all the weekend jumps that you may have missed. If you got to move it like us, Tuesdays or the discount days, so you can catch something tomorrow. And other than that, man, we could take this quick little um, urban literature break, and I'll be back. Now it's time for Tony Reed's Urban Literature. This week's passage comes from In Love with a Miami Savage and Urban Romance. He downed his last drink, then put the glass on the table. Look, that dance was really good and exactly what I'm looking for right now, he said after deep exhale. He had my attention, but I didn't want him to know that. I kept up the image. I lifted one eyebrow above the other and replied, well, I know I can show you a lot more if you tell me what you have in mind. I have, in, I have a lot in mind, he joked. Listen, I have a problem. Startled, I asked. Did you like my performance? As I anxiously moved forward, I waved and began to rant. I started 18, learning my trade in the top strip club. I could perform like anyone and do anything. I love your performance, he swiftly commented, trying to ease the nervousness he detected in my voice. Then he looked around and stared at me. Look, have a problem and I need your help. If you help me, I'll take care of you. You don't want to be dancing for the rest of your life trying to make ends meet. I work for powerful people. You have my word. I'll make it worth your while. I felt like I was too smart to be taken advantage of. I've been around tough guys since I was 14. I knew how they behaved. I knew their tendencies. And more importantly, I knew how to handle myself around them if things got out of hand. I carried a blade hidden in my 7-inch platform, and I wasn't afraid to pull it out. But now, it seemed like I was going with low. It was what I needed. I needed to know that I mattered to someone. And if I've always wanted to get involved with the force since my father was brutally murdered, It's what he would have wanted. Not dancing in some dingy club throwing my life away. I've heard other girls getting approached and getting paid off after. Shit, I really, certainly, you could use the cash. And if I take some of, if I can take some of these vicious niggas off the street, even better. 
I can't stay taking my clothes off, shaking my ass and titties, and stripping for these men forever. Hey y'all, I'm back. I really don't have much to say in this end segment here. I just want to say, hey, with all the stuff that goes on in the world every day, just remember we live in a, a 24-hour news cycle. And um, don't stress yourself out with these ignorant folks that's going to just come out here to argue with you on either side, on whatever side you want. Now, I know what side I'm on, but ain't no use of you stressing yourself out with these folks that posting the ignorant shit all the fucking time. Uh, so... Don't even do it because there's gonna be y'all. You can post shit. It's crazy. I said the thing about day, man. You can post shit all the time on your pages, on whatever social media page you have. Facebook is the worst though, because there's so many fucking trolls on Facebook. That you know, not just trolls. It's just you got so many varied people. You're like, sort of, you kind of control who you follow. You know, you, you know, whatever. But man, you can post some shit. And you know, motherfuckers only will comment on the things that they really have some kind of issue with. So, like the issues with the with the shootings in um, Texas and Ohio, and you can post that you know how you feel about that or what you feel the issues were with that, and there're gonna be people that's gonna 100% of the time you post something about any kind of shooting and how you know what we need to do to solve it, especially if it has anything to do with gun control. They're gonna always come. But if you post anything else, man, they ain't gonna say nothing, man. They ain't got nothing to say. They ain't got nothing to say. It's not even that they don't care. It's they don't have nothing to say because it don't, don't really fucking matter to them. You know, like, post about, you know, how I like to fucking cut my hair. Niggas don't care because they don't give a fuck about that shit. Or, you know, what type of fucking grits I like. They can never comment. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain shit that black people argue about or people that in your camp will argue about amongst themselves all the time. And those same people, man, will never participate in that. Mainly because I don't even know if they, they sit there looking at you, judging you, or they just don't have any input on that discussion, man. So, it's what it is. I'm just saying, man. I just, for me, I talked to Valentine about this. It's just funny to me, man, because this one dude that, you know, he's not my friend no more. I just took him off my page, but he's still, we still mutual friends because we went to Iraq together. And it's just funny to me that while we was in Iraq, man, that dude was downright suicidal because, you know, a lot of the white dudes that was in our fucking unit were fucking, they didn't like that dude and they would talk shit about him all the fucking time. Like, they were just, they were, like, the prototypical shit that you see about people get bullied, that was him, and dude was, like, really fucking suicidal. You know, they, he, they had got in this dude's head. And it's like, all the black dudes, like, you know, like, we brought him in, and we ain't gonna say we brought him in and we can hang out with him, but we didn't fuck with that dude. And we knew what they were doing wrong. What the fuck we supposed to do? Like, hey, y'all stop picking on the little white dude. It wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? So there wasn't even like no situation where we were like coming to his defense, but we ain't fuck with that dude because we was just like, hey man, this dude might come in here. We all got weapons, man. And I think it was put to the point of like, if this dude come in here and start murking everybody, I don't want him to come looking for us. You know, I don't want him to be like, oh, y'all straight, which whatever. It usually don't happen like that. But still, like you in the goddamn combat environment where everybody got a fucking loaded rifle and this dude is wilding the fuck out. Um, 
But yeah, they would fuck with him, man. And we we ain't really mess with him. And now the same dudes that really didn't fuck with him, not saying that we expect any kind of concession from him whatsoever. We just didn't fuck with the dude because we have no vice to do. But the same people that that didn't that didn't bother him, he always got something to say to about anything that we mentioned about anything. Oh y'all fucking liberals. I'm like, you know what, dude? You know, we look out. We're trying to look out for people that are like more like you, not in the sense that saying that you are oppressed, but we're looking out for people who get picked on by the masses. You know what I'm saying? Like he was one of those people to get fucked over by the masses because they picked on that dude all the time. And then it's crazy because, you know, white guys will come out and play the whole life is beat me down shit, but they don't ever look at each other. And say that there's always gonna be black folks and uh, the you know the gay people and and, and always be the Mexicans you know the illegals that always fuck with them. I'm like, hey man, but what about the white dude that called you trash the other day and didn't want to give you a job because you know you live in a mobile home or <laughs> because you live on the poor side of town or. Just because he don't, you don't fucking look like him. Like, what about him? Which, I'm not sitting there saying they deserve your anger. I'm just sitting there saying it's funny that you're not mad at them and you want to be mad at me for just sitting over here just, you know, living my best life. Because, you know, black people, man, we we, we have these things and not just black people, but just all these other groups, man, we have these things about us that we've just come to accept as part of our life. And like, eh, you know, it, whether, I had, whether I lived in the hood or not, White people still gonna judge me, you know. You know if I, if, you know if I can't get out the hood, I ain't gonna try. I'm not gonna put myself in no situation to try to get out the hood. If, if I know it's gonna be some big whoop to try to make it happen, but you know if I do get out, man, they still gonna judge me, dog. You know, it was, yeah. oh man, it just that that shit was fucking funny. But no, man, it was to see the it was what Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Was it Saturday and Sunday or Sunday and Monday? No, it was Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday day, Saturday night. That that was happening. And then all day Sunday, we had the news cycles going. And then the day, um, the, the, uh, the, whatever you want to call this man, you know, who was put in place here in this country to be the leader of the executive branch decided to say that, you know, it's about mental, it's a mental health issue. And I was just like, wow. I was blown away. I was just like, huh. So it's like, it's a checklist of things that we're going to get to. That's mental health. And then blown is all I can say. Blown away. I mean, I shouldn't have been, but I didn't see that one coming. Because, um, have these dudes been clinically diagnosed as being mentally ill? Have they? Have they? Have they? And I'm not sitting here saying that these guys are or are not mentally ill, but I'm just saying, like, you have to be diagnosed with that? And the fucked up part about it is that's like a real quick, like, handoff of blame, which... That, that's all this should be, is being a blame game. It's a handoff, a real quick handoff of blame, and then a whole bunch of people that end up being in that in that fucking category, like, wait a minute, hold up, dog. Wait, that's not me, though. Like, you just stereotype my situation to be like these dudes. 
and that's what people are going to do. And it's also that we can say that the stereotype that gun owners are crazy. <laughs> we don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, though, hey, man, here's my thing. If you feel like you need a gun, I'm not the one to tell you you don't need a gun. I'm just here to tell you that unless you got bulletproof skin, you having a gun ain't going to stop you from getting shot. I don't understand. Like, people feel like, oh, man, I get a gun, man. I'm fucking, I'm invincible, dog. Like, no, nigga, that's not how that works. That just means that uh, when anybody comes at you, they got to realize that uh, they got to come with a gun, dog. That's, that's it. Now we got two motherfuckers with guns having to shoot out in this motherfucker, man. So let's not do that. Oh, man. Everybody has a fist, right? So for, I guess, <laughs> well, look at this. Everybody, well, majority of people, average, I ain't going to say normal, but people are typically have fists. Now they can make a fist. You know, so if I wanted to fight people with my fists and my feet and probably headbutting folks, I could do that shit. But I still have to train my body to be able to be good at that. Well, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be better than me at that. So, there's that. But there's also that time that somebody can get the drop on me. But when it comes to guns, though, dog, it's really like who got the biggest gun, man, and who got the most ammo, and who fucking can, you know, uh, catch the look at the draw and not get hit with these bullets. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I went on longer about the shit than I fucking should have. But all this, all that to say, man, don't be stressing yourself out arguing people. Uh, had it not even, not even that guy came. <laughs> Yesterday, one of my classmates on on Facebook yesterday trying to make a point about you know like uh, basically saying that you know you put more put energy into your marriage that you put into you having side chicks in you know, your marriage would be all right. And we were just no, it was like if you put the same energy that you put in your side chicks in your marriage, it'd be all right. And we was we picked it up as. Oh, so you saying the people should just have a side piece in there, you know, it should be balanced? Is what you saying? He's like, no, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. So we just went back and forth about it. Hey man, do what you do, man. I don't know. Let's 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 quit judging people for what they do, man. Can we do that? I mean, we can make jokes about it, but at the end of the day, man, let's just go back to our corner and be like, hey man, enjoy yourself. Man, cheers to you and your fucking life. Because what I've learned is this. Well, I ain't learned this. I've been knowing this. So I'm gonna take that back. Um, what I have to do, and I don't do this the whole step away from fucking social media that people do. Which, if that's what you got to do in your life, that's fine. That's cool. Whatever. Step away from social media. Do whatever you got to do. You gotta step away from life. Do whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do to make you feel sane. I don't care. No, do whatever. I'm not judging anybody. I don't do it because I operate under the pro wrestling rule with a lot of stuff. I understand that pro wrestling is strip, scripted. I understand that a lot of reality shows are as scripted as they can possibly be without having a script. You know, basically, it's not a script, but you put people in fucking situations that just let the chaos happen. You know, whereas certain people will like, just if you don't really fuck with somebody, then you can stay the fuck away from them. But like, no, no, let's put these people in the same location. Let's see what the fuck gonna happen. 
um, and, and put in all the fucking, in, in, you know, the interrogators, not interrogators, the instigators in that bitch too, you know, kind of like potty key that shit. But, you know, I operate with that with social media and a lot of stuff. So I know the social media, even though it's not scripted, it's a perfect situation where you put a bunch of subjects into a little pot because all these fucking social media sites use algorithms where they basically show you the same shit that people keep talking about over and over again. So, if there's a shooting and a few people start talking about it, you're going to get, you're going to start seeing it over and over again and you're going to feel compelled to talk about it. And that's what you, and that's the thing, and see, that's the thing about, it's crazy, because that's the thing about like when it was R. Kelly and Bill Cosby and you know the the you know the the super woke people were pissed off like why y'all black people talk about killing Bill Cosby because that's your algorithm working. Those are the people you follow, dog. You know, like that's that's the circle that you're involved in, and that's why you're seeing that shit. Um, and you playing yourself because that's why you're seeing it. Like I try to break myself out on and and being involved in so much shit. There's some stuff that'll come across my timeline, just like oh okay, I didn't even know that was there. So, it's just weird to me that people get caught up in that shit so goddamn much and they don't realize, like, the reason why you're seeing that shit is because that's the kind of circle you follow. But if you just step out of there for just one moment, just for one little brief moment, you'll see this other shit going on in other sections of the world or in other, like, topics that people got going on. And you'll be straight, dog. And you just be like, oh, no, people worry about that. But what I was saying is don't get caught up in it, man. Because for all that stuff that I see on social media, man, I can think of about 20 people in my life that don't know none of that shit exists. And they had a whole different set of fucking problems. A whole different fucking set of problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, all that shit just blows up. So there's that. Man, here's what we're trying to do, man. We, we're trying to get, we're trying to, we're trying to bring the group together, man. Um, and get ready to take us on two separate trips this year. So, we're going to be doing the WrestleMania trip. We're going to be doing um, a family trip. But we want to bring y'all content on the show. So, please send us things you want us to talk about. Or things you want us to do when we go. Because WrestleMania is going to be in Tampa. So if that's something you want us to try to do in Tampa, man, send us stuff in Tampa we can do. We got plenty of time to do that. So I don't worry about that or whatever. Uh, we're going to be going on a cruise. I'm not saying y'all still who doing the cruise. But if you've been on, you had a cruise experience, man, that was fucking great or something that you did, man, you could just definitely let us know all some things like some, some free life hacks on that shit. And then just some stuff in general, man. You want to see us doing a show, man, or doing a network. You know, I have like these little, I have, you know, I run analytics on the site all the time with stuff that people are, are into. But that's basically the, the fucking cookies on your shit telling me what you normally look into. And if you spend a week, um, <laughs> if you spend, if you came to my site after a week of contemplating whether or not to join the gym and looking at workout plans, then it's gonna say that you're in the fitness and your ass may not be trying to work out at all. You just procrastinate. So that's 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 the part about that that's kind of like shaded with that. And you know, so you know, just we appreciate hearing from our people. Either if you just hit us with a tweet 
or you hit us with, you know, one of those feedback channels I mentioned earlier, let us know, man, what you think, and then we can fucking make that shit work. Because, you know, the topics that we end up talking about or post on the show be based on, you know, what we saw and what we did and what we think y'all might like. So, there you go with that. At this point, all I got to say is I appreciate everybody for listening. I'm about to get out of here. My son's back in his room making a whole bunch of noise for some weird reason. And I got some stuff I got to get to today. Got to get that second workout in. You know, try to, to win this fat man challenge. So with all that being said, y'all, this is your boy Tony. This is the Off The Grid Podcast. I hope y'all having a great week. Don't be arguing with the trolls on the internet, dog, because, you know, you can just start making, like, jokes and sarcastic remarks and they'll never catch it. And it's way more entertaining. And, hey, y'all, I'm out. Peace. This has been a Dr. Eraser presentation.